Hello, I'm Robert Johnson. I'm the location pastor at the Leewood location of Church of the Resurrection. I'm back with you uh, for episode two of Resurrection Stories, uh, through which we hope to expose you to some of the amazing people, staff, and congregation who are part of our church family. And we hope that by exposing them to you, uh, that you will deepen your own faith and maybe even consider coming to experience for yourself what's going on here at Resurrection. As we do these podcasts, we'd like for you to share them. So you can go to core.org slash podcast and you can find the link and we encourage you to share that in whatever ways you share podcast links, inter- uh, media links, share the, share the link to this podcast and invite others to listen in. We have an amazing person with us today. Uh, she's been a part of Resurrection uh, for a good while now and does amazing work, and we're glad to have her on. Her name is Pastor Cheryl Jefferson Bell, and we're delighted to have her. Welcome to the uh, podcast, Cheryl. How are you? Thank today? you. I'm doing great, doing yeah. great. Glad Thank to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much for braving to be on the front Ooh-wee. end. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> For being on the front end of this experience. But, yeah. but before we get into your presence at Resurrection, tell folks about your journey through the Great Plains Conference, mm-hmm. uh, the ministry candidacy process, and then tell us how you got to Resurrection. Okay. Um, at first, I am a fourth generation um, in the Methodist tradition. And so I've had a great-grandfather that's um, have a Baptist great-great-grandfather and a Methodist great father and um, they were active and so I feel like that calling kind of came through but before I did that I was um, an engineer electrical engineer for 10 years before um, accepting and receiving the calling to go into ministry full-time I um, my home church um, when we moved to Kansas is um, St. Mark in Wichita, which you know about. And um, it was when I was looking for a Black United Methodist Church, there was only one. How about that? And so <laughs> that, um, that 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 landed us there. It be a great one. It was a wonderful one. It was the right one for us. And so um, through uh, participation in that congregation, um, received my calling, uh, quit Boeing. I was working at Boeing at the time and then um, attended and graduated from Phillips uh, Seminary when it was in Enid, Oklahoma. And then um, I served on staff at St. Mark um, for a couple of years before getting moved to uh, Pretty Prairie in Murdoch, Kansas. And it was it was um, an adventure and a great appointment there. Um, it was cross-cultural, cross-racial, cross-everything, but it was good. Yeah. It was good. And yeah. so I served there. I also served as an um, executive executive director of um, United Methodist um, um, Urban Ministry, which is um, United Methodist Open Door now, the predecessor to that organization. Then I went on the cabinet, became a district superintendent. I did that for eight years. And that was an adventure, Lord have mercy. And then um, after that, moved to uh, Newton, Kansas, and uh, was a senior pastor at um, Trinity Heights for three years. And then um, when that appointment ended, I ended up here at Resurrection. And I am currently in my 11th year here at Resurrection, longest um, appointment serving anywhere. And it has really been a blessing. It, yeah. it is a blessing to be here. I know when I was coming on, of course, I was exploring with staff, like, mm-hmm. what what should I expect here? And, mm-hmm. and, and you assured me that I was going to enjoy my time. And I, I will mm-hmm. tell you that I just, 
everything, every positive thing you said is what I've experienced. It's a joy to be yeah. here for a, mul- for a multitude of reasons. But sure, tell us, um, I know before we get into what you're doing now, mm-hmm. you had a different role at Resurrection, I believe. Mm-hmm. So what I was uh, congregational care. Okay. I was in congregational care for almost eight years. And I was connected with what was um, uh, the Saturday evening and Sunday evening services. And that was the way we kind of divided the congregation up. And so I, I ca- counted myself as a nighttime pastor because I had the five o'clock services. And so our job was to provide congregational care, you know, care for um, those that attended uh, those services on a regular basis. So, uh, yeah, it was it was um, it was something. Amen. It was something. And I also sung with uh, Resonate a Choir that kind of came out of that um, that time for that time of worship. So, yeah, we, we spent some good times together. Good times. Hey, Justin Schoolcraft, who's also a mm-hmm. part of our staff, tells an, uh, this amazing story. He shared with me that you were called the singing pastor, that you show up in people's hospital rooms yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, and pray for them as we all do, mm-hmm. but that you are, you would also sing over people. And, yeah. Uh, the yeah. other thing that he told me that was just, just so says so much about who you are as a person, as well as a pastor, is that. Justin says you would stay there for as long as the family wanted you to stay there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we go in and uh, we kind of get things settled. And then once mm-hmm. we think that the family's okay, we'll uh, take that shoot out. Yeah. But that you would stay there for as long as the family. Yeah. How, where'd that come, where'd that com- kind of compassion, that has to come from. Is that Does that come from personal experience or just deep conviction about your calling? To, to, yeah. to visit people in the hospital and, and, and sing and then stay there for as long as they want you to stay. I am, um, one of my um, gifts is empathy. And I feel like um, I, I have a sense of, and I hope I'm right most of the time instead yeah. you know, dwelling yeah. too long, but I have a sense of when, um, what folks' needs are like at, at the moment or what mm-hmm. I feel like maybe what, my need would be in that circumstance if they're not verbalizing it. And so, um, and then the singing, I, I, I did it a lot of times, not every time, but if it just seemed appropriate at the time, I would, I would offer up a song. And that was something that was reinforced um, when I was at St. Mark and the yeah. ministry, it just kind of, that was just part of what we, you know, did. So I carried that with me. I mean, you have a beautiful voice. Thank we you. Got, got a chance to hear that. You preached just recently. Mm-hmm. By the way, my mom, yes, just yesterday, my mom and I were on a, having a conversation and she basically tried to go point for point back over your sermon. Oh, mom, really? I was like, mom, I heard it. No, like, yeah, I got it. Yeah, she was absolutely wonderful. Wonderful. And she says, and then she did this song, and I was like, Mom, yeah, I, I, I got it. But she was, she enjoyed your song. So I wanted to share that with you. you. So I want, want to get into what you do now. Before we do that, I want to uh, just pause and, and and just ask you a fun question. Okay. So people can maybe see a different side of you. By the way, I think you are, you are so mature, and uh, I don't know where I learned this language, uh, where I learned this concept. I think mm-hmm. maybe... Uh, Rhonda Kingwood at St. Mark mm-hmm. was the first person I heard use this phrase about being a non-anxious presence mm-hmm. around people mm-hmm. uh, that people can. And I just want to tell you that that that's that that is so who you are, just mm-hmm. a non-anxious presence. And I think all the staff. That's why we all love you and celebrate you mm-hmm. and just trust you because you you walk in the room, you come into a meeting, come into a conversation. So I, I want to 
thank you for that. Amen. For being that. Thank you. Uh, but what's your favorite movie? Movie? <laughs> <laughs> Whoosh! Okay, movie. Oh, um, what is my favorite movie? I'm not as, I mean, I enjoy them, but I, wow, that's a hard one. Um, I think it's a, um, ooh, that's a hard one, Robert. Um <laughs> One of one of my favorites is uh, Willy Wonka yeah. and the Chocolate Factory, yeah. and um, I think I recognize. I'll say myself and my grandkids in there. So, <laughs> but um, I I like that movie, um, and I can't. I'm sure after this is over with, I'll come up with right. others. But I'll just I'll choose that one for yeah. now. So when you do movies, do you do comedy, drama? What do you tend to want? I like um, kind of like dramas. I don't like heavy, heavy. Um, I I absolutely hate horror movies. I just I I don't do those. I had a traumatic experience when I was two or three, and ever since <laughs> I was like, I don't want any of those. No, none, no more, no more, no more, no more. No more. So let, let's go to your faith story. And so this podcast is called Resurrection Stories. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I know you and I both know that all of our stories are different. Mm-hmm. Some have some stories are a little more dramatic than others. But that if we're on a faith walk, there was there's a that God's at work mm-hmm. through grace, uh, bringing us closer into his bosom, into his into his presence. And so uh Take about five minutes and share with folks your faith story, focusing on what was the turning point? What was the defining moment Hmm. in that journey for you? Um, As I said earlier, uh, I grew up in um, a Methodist family. Um, Going to church was something we we were going to do. And uh, my father uh, divorced, my my parents divorced when I was um, three. And so we ended up um, custody with my father. My brother and I were with my father and and he ended up moving and we ended up moving in with his cousin, who I call um, auntie, but she was like a mother to me. And so uh, following in her footsteps, she was a churchgoer. My grandmother was a churchgoer. My other aunts were just that's what we did. And so um, being surrounded by that. Um, was really my foundation. The church became my um, spiritual home. The church became my safe place. The church was where I could um, be who I believe God called me to be. And, and I would be accepted and loved for who I am as I, as I am. Even if outside of the church, it was different in the church is where, you know, I would um, have my affirmation of who I am. And so that has always been um, like that grounding for me, um, regardless of where I was in school, um, not being <laughs> not being as religious as I should have been when I was in college. And um, but but the church was a place that I always came back to, even after I uh, graduated from a college. My first job was with Mobile Oil in Dallas, Texas, and um, I knew I needed to find a church home then. And so um, I found Hamilton Park. 
when I was there. Kirby John was there when he was an associate there. Uh, Cynthia Wilson was there. Um, Henry Masters was the pastor. And so I found, I found and Black United Methodist Church. That's what I was looking Some for. Amazing people came. Oh, amazing! Just amazing. And um, it was there where my um, my faith really um, took, got grounded there. And so uh, I just continued, you know, to to grow from there. But um, the pivotal point for me was when I went through confirmation, and um, at um, Conant Avenue in Detroit is uh, where I grew up in Detroit. And Conant Avenue was our home church. My uncle, Alec, who um, was one of uh, three Tuskegee Airmen that are wow. part of my family. And um, it was... Uh, That's something about a lot of folks. That's pretty... Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So he was a uh, Tuskegee Airman. He passed last year at 100. And um, I was able to do his service. But um, by my father... Where was he living? Um, he was in Detroit. Okay. He was living in Detroit. And so um, my father, um, who did a great job making sure we were taken care of, would drop us off at church. <laughs> and it would be at Uncle Alex's church. And so, uh, but it was um, that church where I did my confirmation. And when uh, Pastor uh, Bishop... Um, laid his hands on me um, and and did that that blessing. I felt like God's spirit just kind of filled me at that point. I didn't fully understand it at that point, but I knew something had happened. And so um, that that was one of those pivotal points in my life that I, you know, think about looking back on like, yeah, that was that was it. That was the real thing. So what a great story. Resurrection has such a great confirmation process here Mm -hmm. for our students, for Mm -hmm. 11 year olds. They are um, sixth graders. Yeah. Eighth grade. I think eighth grade. I think they're. Sixth, seven, eighth, one, middle school. Middle school. Yeah, middle school, yeah. That's such it's a great and so it was great, so great that you share that. So folks can hear that, parents can mm-hmm. hear that, and mm-hmm. know how, you know, I think sometimes people think that you got to wait until you're an adult and you have some knockdown, drag out experience mm-hmm. uh, to really awaken, become conscious of the grace of God. Mm-hmm. But that grace of God can we can experience that as, as kids. That's right. And just kind of become curious about it and and walk in it and mm-hmm. live in it. Of course, we're nobody's perfect. We're not going to be perfect all of our lives. Oh right? no! And we grow going up. on to perfection, as Wesley <laughs> says. We're moving on to perfection. Absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. So, tell us what you're doing now at Resurrection. Tell us the work okay. you're doing now that I think is so important. And I think it, as as a matter of fact, <laughs> as I lead into it, it 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 is part of what the, for, for me. What defines Resurrection? That I mm-hmm. think we're 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 evangelical. We we believe mm-hmm. in following Jesus and uh, the, the primary uh, elements of faith and what that means, mm-hmm. but also living that out in uh, not in our, just our personal morality, but living that out in the world. Right. Yeah. I am so fortunate to be serving um, as pastor of community justice, and it is a social justice uh, position. And this is part of the vision Resurrection had in our Vision 2030, and it's to help with um, the gap of filling the ki- the justice and kindness gap. And so um, within that plan, there was um, the desire to have someone to work that area, to be part, be connected 
in particular to justice ministry. And um, <clears throat> this happened like three years ago. And um, I and we applied for it. You know, <laughs> it wasn't like, OK, I think you're going to be the one. You know, there was applications that were received. And I was so um, I was hoping, but, you know, um, surprised, you know, that I was able to get uh, to receive that position. And um, I learned since I've been in this, it's been three years that uh, Resurrection was already doing justice work. It was just a matter of elevating that and identifying and then looking and seeing where else um, can we get involved as a congregation. The interesting thing was that um, I was supposed to start my position uh, like July 1st of um, 2020. Um, and but um, March 25th was oh, when really? George Floyd George Floyd was killed. Right. Yeah. And when he when he was um, murdered and um, as we all saw what happened, uh, resurrection uh, felt like we needed to say something. You know, folks were you know, we just felt compelled to say something. So that's when we developed our vision for racial justice. And um, and we um, did that. We ticked off some people, but we knew that that would happen. Yeah, we knew that would happen. But um, it was it became a statement that we made as a, a congregation um, that this is who we are and where we stand. And so um, I started my position early. And from there, um, just as I said, we, we we're involved with Allies for Racial Justice, um, also Good Faith Network. Um, we have um, civic engagement, uh, our um, LGBTQ ministry, our queer inclusive um, con, con, uh, collective, and then also, um, I keep forgetting the, the third one, but oh, Earth Corps, um, our uh, creation care ministry. It is amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and for you to be to lead that for resurrection. Like you said, resurrection was already doing it, but then mm-hmm. to appoint a staff person to lead that work. Yeah. And I will tell you that last vision visioning process you all went through mm-hmm. and then to close the, what did you call, how did you say? The uh, justice and kindness gap. Closing that gap. Mm-hmm. As Linda and I were praying about, so we we wanted to come to resurrection, but then we were digging, researching. Mm-hmm. We got a copy of that, uh-huh. that visioning brochure. Yeah. And when we read that, we were, as a matter of fact, we were doing a road trip. We were on our way to, to Nashville, mm. and we read that, and we were like, "We want this to happen. Like yeah. this is where we want to be. Yeah. This is where we want to yeah. be." Because it, and so to, to be here and to see you doing that work, and and it is amazing work. Since mm-hmm. I've been here, I see I've seen you lead us with in Allies for Racial Justice. We did a study study on MLK mm-hmm. yeah. that was fabulous. Strength to love. And strength mm-hmm. to love. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So Cheryl, what's the best? What's the best thing about resurrection to you? Oh, um, the people. Yeah. The people. It, this is such um, a caring, generous, loving, justice-seeking, uh, neighbor-loving congregation. And I have really felt um, received, accepted, loved, um, by by this congregation, they are it's it, it's amazing and 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 um, a side note, Pastor Adam is the real deal. Real deal. I I he think Pastor real. Adam is the real deal, and I love him and his family, and um, he has been diligent yes. in you know making sure that Resurrection yeah. is a church that God has called him, yeah. um, you know, to develop. I, I so agree. Mm-hmm. The real deal. 
And of course, you and I both, <clears throat> we're too seasoned. I'm not going to say we're, we're old, we're seasoned. Seasoned, I'll, <laughs> I'll receive that, amen. We're I'll too seasoned that. to be naive. Yeah. But this this place, and Pastor Adam are the real deal, mm -hmm. and, and it's, it's great to be here. Final question. Mm-hmm. I know both of you and I are both thinking about legacy. What mm -hmm. do we want to leave behind for our church family, for our kids, grandkids, whatever? Mm -hmm. What? How are you thinking about your legacy? Um, that when people think about me, that they um, have felt loved and accepted for who they are, you know, and as they are, as God has done for me. That's that's my ultimate hope. <laughs> Cheryl, thank you so much for coming thank on. You. Thank you for uh, having me. I, I love you and respect you so much. And it's been an amazing conversation. Folks, thank you all for tuning in today. And again, we encourage you to share the link to this podcast. You can go to core.org slash podcast and find the link and want, it, want you to uh, share it on your social media outlets. And in whatever ways you, sh you share social media information, please share the information about this podcast. And we look forward to seeing you back with us. We also want to encourage you to come by, come and visit Resurrection. We hope you've been inspired by Cheryl's story. Uh, we have worship services every weekend and lots of activities. There's stuff going on here every day of the week uh, from recovery groups, small groups, lots of ways to get involved and build your faith. We hope you've been inspired to deepen your faith with Jesus Christ. And we also hope you've been inspired to come and visit with us and check us out. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time.